hello and welcome to episode 114 of the yoga life podcast i'm your host kevin this podcast is brought to you today by movement movement and meditation with me online for a 19 euro a month you can practice with me i have about 35 one hour length classes and i'm uploading some 30 minute classes now which seem to be quite popular plus you can do audio meditations as well um so you can go to kevinboyyoga.ie forward slash membership and get yourself a free week's trial and hopefully you like it. Um, that's the intro. <laughs> so um, I'm a bit rusty. I'm just out of hospital. Okay. Um, today I have with me my, my, my Rachel Kinnan, who is a massage therapist, a reflexologist. And my 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 love, <laughs> I was just saying, <laughs> my love, fiance, um, and uh, Rach is also uh, thirty-seven weeks pregnant. Ain't you, Rach? <laughs> it's weird to hear it. You give me an intro. I know. Yeah, it's weird. Um, what's it like being thirty-seven weeks? Well done. This today is thirty-seven weeks, right? Mm. Mm, what's it like? Why? Is it, why? Actually, firstly, why is it significant? Um, because now the baby is full term, so everything is developed. Everything's developed, so that means that from now until they're born, what has to happen? They have to get a little chubbier. Okay. And then that that's a bit like there's nothing major that has to happen. If I gave birth today, um, it would be just as safe as giving birth at forty weeks. Could you wait at least an hour just for the podcast, <laughs> <laughs> please? <I> try. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, um, yeah, so I, to be honest, when we when we well, yeah, when you were first pregnant, I didn't really understand the significance of weeks, and uh, even people would ask me how many weeks is Rach pregnant, and I, I wouldn't really know. Like I I'm, I know why it's, I kind of would think of it as, as more so months. But funnily enough, you were saying downstairs that the last time we did the podcast, which is episode eighty three, I think, um, you were actually pregnant then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm saying it like I don't know, but <laughs> but but because um, what happened was uh, we didn't know. We didn't know. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, we didn't know because we found out on. So the podcast was recorded, I think, December 28th. Um, it came out on January 2nd, but the podcast was the episode was like what we learned in 2019, and then um, we recorded it on the 28th, and then New Year's Eve came. Yeah. Uh, three days later, we found out. Three days later, we found out, yeah. Yeah. It makes sense because I was very irritated during the podcast. <laughs> 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 like, <laughs> stop breathing so loud. I was like, what's going on with me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but um, so th th we are going to have a daughter, um, and Rach is due on the 12th of September, and we're calling our daughter Eve because we found out on New Year's Eve. Yeah, so um, this well, this is probably the last time. I mean, like very soon the baby's due. So the date today is like twenty something of August, it's <laughs> and um, three weeks away from the twelfth. It's basically, it's basically, <laughs> that is. but it could come. It could come at any time. Um, and we, uh, how do you feel about labour? I'm excited. Mm. Then we get to meet the baby. But how do you feel about the actual process of labor? Because we, because we did this couple thing uh, the other day, where basically we it's like a webinar, you know, like a Zoom call, and it was a two three hour thing where they were talking about the whole process itself. 
And uh, obviously, I'll never you know, ever experience it. But and I don't really know what my role is going to be during the birth. But um, are you like scared? Um, I'm not. Um, I'm a bit of a mix, I suppose, of um, excited and nervous. Um, like if everything it goes according to plan, I'm not scared. The only thing that um, I'm nervous about is interventions. Um, like I'm not afraid of the pain. I'm not like. Um, I'm not. I'm, I'm not afraid of uh, what what it'll feel like or the recovery or anything like that. But I'm afraid that in case something went wrong, or, and I had to get like assisted delivery, C-section, mm. um, <coughs> additional drugs, all this type of thing, because um, you're kind of out of control a little bit with labour. Mm-hmm. You're ve- you're really vulnerable. It's completely new, and you're in a hospital and. Um, you know, it's kind of like everything is up to somebody else. It feels a little bit. Mm-hmm. But um, doing the hypnobirthing course helped a lot. It helped you to know, if I, like if there's anybody pregnant out there <laughs> <laughs> listening to the podcast, definitely do a hypnobirthing or a gentle birthing um, workshop or program because mm. it really release, re- releases a lot of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Because you, you, they teach you like what is happening in your body. And then they go through all the different th- possible things that could happen. And it's all very positive and they give you some tools to help you relax. And um, it's a lot. It's a nicer way to go in, I think, anyway, um, compared to talking to your neighbour or your mom or <laughs> whoever. And they're like, oh, my God, the trauma. Because you hear a lot of horror stories as soon as as soon as you're, you start, um, as soon as people find out that you're pregnant, straight away they want to delve into labor oh get the epidural oh my god you don't know yet the first uh, lo- so many people have said um oh it's your first baby so it's actually better um because you don't know the pain the second baby is worse because you know you know how horrific it is mm. which is like terrifying to hear you know when you haven't gone through it mm. but um i've listened to loads of positive things and um kind of surrounded myself with positive stuff mm. so the anxiety level has gone way down. The thing is, when I see people giving birth on TV, it's all very dramatic. There's a lot of screaming, and there's a lot of like the woman will be like squeezing the man's hand, and and the man's fainting. The man's fainting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We they they were telling us the other day in this webinar that some guy who was in the hospital with his wife fainted and broke his jaw. Uh, and that's like not uncommon for men to faint and be overwhelmed by the experience because yeah. I suppose it's so primal mm. and you're not you never experienced anything like it before. Um, I feel sorry for that poor woman. She's in the, the height of labour <laughs> yeah. and she's like, oh my god, I have to look after him now and worry about him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, because um, uh, I I want to be there for the birth. Uh, like I'm initially, Jonas and Rachel asked me about being there for the birth. <laughs> She goes, do you want to be there for the birth? And I says, I don't mind. Because I, I didn't know men went in for the thing. Uh, I know that my dad, back in the you know, 80s when I was born, he, I don't even know if he's in the hospital. I'm not sure. He might be in the pub. <laughs> I have no clue, honestly. <laughs> I definitely know he, he definitely wasn't um, in, the, in the same room anyway. 
because I, a lot has changed and maybe that was yeah. frowned upon. I actually read something um, about that. Like it's it's changed now and men go in for the birth, the, the husbands or the partners or whoever you, whoever you choose. But originally um, when hospital births became popular, the men didn't go into the rooms because they used to use, oh, what was the name of the drug? It was like night something. But anyway, they drugged the women um, and they kind of tied them to the beds, chained them. They said like, oh, we've got great... Um, We've got uh, these great drugs to get rid of the pain, kind of like the way now you use an epidural so you don't feel anything. But they did actually feel it. They just couldn't remember. Mm. It was like a, a race the last 12 hours of, the of their memory. Right. And they were all they were drugged up all over the place, like hooked to beds in like cages. Oh, my God. In cages? They, it was like bunk beds right. that had like um, a curtain in front of it. Okay. Um, and they were chained inside and they were screaming and moaning and the labour was quite long. Um, but they didn't want the men in. They wanted only the hospital staff in because the men would be like, what the hell are you doing to my wife? Mm -hmm. um, and then eventually it came to light that, you know, these drugs were actually just erasing the memory of the pain and the trauma actually still happened. Because a lot of men saw like... Uh, like cuts and stuff on their arms from being tied and they're in bits after and you know they, they questioned it and then eventually now it's changed so they didn't let men in basically because men might have protested against it yeah but then maybe i, I they didn't let men in as well because they thought it's give the woman more dignity as well mm, yeah. I, I don't i mean um but so i i i should probably say like i am um, last weekend i had an accident and uh the hospital have let me out early because I want to make sure I'm here for, you know, you, you giving birth. And um, so, so I, I'll just say, because I haven't really actually explained what happened. Um, last Saturday, I was playing football. And that sounds like fun, which it was. Uh, I played for all of three minutes, but I was um, involved in a collision. And it doesn't sound like a big deal. And it shouldn't have been, but what happened was the ball was there. And... Two of us were running for the ball, a full tilt, and he jumped, but I didn't jump, and he led with his hip, and my arms were in the air, so his hip went into my ribs, uh, fracture, uh, broke to my ribs, I think fracture might be the same thing actually, broke to my ribs, and uh, broke a bar in my chest. So when the bar was broken in my chest, I went down, I couldn't breathe, I was completely winded, uh, I couldn't speak, and at the time, the football lads thought I was kind of messing about. Um, I played on for maybe a few more minutes, but I just couldn't run, couldn't catch a breath. And then I went home and was with Rach. And I couldn't do anything. I couldn't sit down, couldn't stand up. I, I was in agony. And when I went to the hospital, they said, well, you've got two broken ribs after the next ray I went to A&E. But they said the biggest concern was that the metal bar in my chest snapped. And I've had this metal bar since I was 16, so like 27 years or something. Is that right? No. How old <laughs> 20, am I? More than 21 years. Well, well 20, yeah, over 20 <laughs> years anyway. And um, 22 years then. Okay. So uh, I've had, and, and they were concerned that because the bar in my chest is snapped, they said, you're going to need emergency surgery to get the bar taken out. And I, I told them from the get-go, I said, look, my girlfriend is nine months pregnant. She's about to... She could give birth any time now. I, I need to be at home. And 
ended up I stayed in hospital for four nights and when I was in hospital they said look you're going to need emergency surgery to get this bar taken out the ribs are going to heal on their own that's fine and uh, I was supposed to be transferred on since Friday today on Tuesday or Wednesday I was supposed to be transferred to the Matter Hospital for the surgery but then I told them look is there any chance I can go home and come back for the surgery and obviously I'm not obviously but I'm assuming it's not an emergency because they let me go home and here and here I am and um, I'm feeling like I, I've I've been getting into the swing of things again you know um, and trying to move a little bit did a, my first yoga practice today and that seemed to go okay um, but so that's that's just a little bit of an update to give people some context um, and by the way some, some people emailed me and said or not email sorry direct messaged me and said why do you have a metal bar in your you know, a plate in your chest <laughs> in the first place and it's because I was born with something called pectus excavaton and it's a deformity in your chest so it's when you're I only learned this yesterday actually <laughs> when you're, when you're, so I just I started asking you questions about it you're like oh. I actually don't know yeah my when I was born I think it affects like one in 500 boys when I was born my the cartilage in my chest didn't stop growing essentially and my chest became caved concave chest mm. inwards there was Re too much too much sternum too much sternum yeah and that it came inwards came inwards yeah space. really like it was really pronounced so i don't mean to make this podcast about me but just no. <laughs> uh, so uh it was really pronounced and uh it was a, like a deformity and i used to like never take my t-shirt off i'd go swimming wear my t-shirt and when you're a teenager it's kind of embarrassing because people are asking you why don't you take your t-shirt off and you know uh so it really used to bother me and uh, like messed up my confidence a little bit. And then when I was 16, I had the operation. It was f fucking barbaric operation. I mean, they I won't go into detail, but essentially I have a metal bar there now across my inside my chest. And you're supposed to, I didn't realize this, get it taken out after three years. I had it done when I, <laughs> slightly over. I had it done when I was 16, but then I left to move to Ireland when I was 18. Yeah. When I left then to move to Ireland, Obviously, I went off the NHS records and they didn't schedule me in to get it taken out. So 22 years later, um, the doctors, when they seen the bar on my chest, they were like, they scared me. They were shocked. They're like, you've broken a titanium bar in your chest. Like it had to be a serious impact for that to happen. But the theory is maybe it was in my chest for so long that eventually my body kind of broke it down, made it a bit weaker. And then on the impact, it snapped. Mm. Um, so the latest with this now is that I got a letter straight away from the Matter Hospital um, it take it, ask me to come in next week for consultation for surgery and when I get the surgery done I'll be bed bound for a little bit but I I think it's better to be bed bound when we've got like a two month old than at this stage when you might give birth and, and then I can't basically help at all so that's the latest um, you know I'm, I, as I said I, I, I'm going to bounce back and I'll we'll find out more next week but um it's basically an extreme way to get out of going in to the labour <laughs> <laughs> to the labour ward. You're like, oh, I don't mind. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I have to surgery. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I'm going to be there um, for for la Labour Day. Would you call it Labour Day? <laughs> <laughs> Is that it? Yeah, somebody, a neighbour was calling it D Day. Like, oh funny. Jesus Christ! <laughs> but it's like delivery day. As okay. Well, so yeah, yeah, yeah. but I heard that and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> but it, it's not so, it's not so much for like I don't know mm. what I'll be able to do to help you. But what I do think is that see, even I come out of hospital, 
I went, um, took a day rest and I went straight to the gym to do a little bit. And me and Rach went to the gym together. Rach is nine months pregnant. She's lifting weights. Uh, I, <laughs> I, went, maybe that I went to the gym to uh, supervise to make sure that you didn't do too much. Yeah. Because you were like, I'm fine. And then I thought, oh God, he'll break another rib. <laughs> yeah. Pushing himself. And then I ended up doing it as well. Oh my God. I thought, he's just out of hospital. We're supposed to have surgery, broken ribs, all this stuff. It's going to be very easy. Oh my God. <laughs> my arms, my legs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, but but that's but uh, and I'm not saying like everyone should do that. But I do think what is I think is so important in life is to do what you can. Now we're kind of lucky in a way that I feel like I understand my body quite well. Like in the hospital, they gave us these um, ap this apparatus for breathing, and none of the lads in the hospital were using theirs. They didn't really know how. But I was so used to breathing with yoga and like trying different breathing techniques mm. to train my lungs that I think that's part of the reason why I bounced back so quickly because they were saying you, you're going to get, you could get pneumonia if you don't start breathing because your breath becomes so short when your ribs are broken. So I was, I was so like in a, in a hospital, I had my apparatus, or apparatus and I was, I was treating it like it was a workout. I was like, right, I'm gonna do 10 sets of inhales, <laughs> then I rest for a minute. I had my thing out. I was actually listening to Rocky music as well. <laughs> yeah, and then I was like, and, uh, and I was like right, I rest for a minute, then I do another 10, 10 breaths, and rest. And then I mixed it up like, then sharp exhales and all this, all this stuff. The next day I was doing like, um, walk to the end of the corridor as fast as I can, and then take a break, walk. And like, or you could just lie in bed and be like, well, doctor said I shouldn't, I should rest. And then you, you, it takes you ages to get back. So mm -hmm. I think like um, that's the benefit of developing yoga practices. You understand your body a bit better. You you feel something, mm. and you know you're like, oh that's not pain, that's discomfort. I can go through that. And and uh, so um, yes, yeah, I, 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 breathing, yoga, and a little bit of weight training. I, I feel like I'm I'm back. Yeah, you know, that's amazing. Almost. Because I was looking at stuff online. How long does it take to recover from this? What's gonna what is gonna be like? And um everything said like six to eight weeks, like two months. Um so I was expecting I'd be in bed for at least a couple of weeks. Mm. Um it's no no bother. It's like you're normal. The, the only <laughs> thing is I will say just a little disclaimer that I did break my ribs, but there's different kinds of breaks. So I don't know if you've watched if you watched on video, um maybe I can explain this, but like you can have a I think it's called, imagine like a crack or a compound fracture where, I think that's what it's called, where the bone actually moves out of place. So if my bone moved out of place, I would have, could have punctured the lung or punctured the skin. It would turn which way it went, right? Or I could have ruptured my spleen. I, I did have um, a contortion on my kidneys. That's why I was uh, urinating blood essentially for the first night. And, um, but the bottom line is I didn't have a compound break so therefore it broke but i think it's quite a clean break and it's going to heal quite easily because i know people that well, when i was in hospital when i was 16 the geezer next to me he broke his ribs in a car accident and both his lungs were punctured he was oh he was in a bad way every all night oh. um so i wasn't like that so i could have been it could have been a lot worse and um yeah so you you got to do do what you can um but rach uh, back to you Darling, <laughs> chatting about me too much. Um, would it be fair to say that during your pregnancy, uh, yoga's been a mixed bag for you? Um, well, I couldn't do any yoga at the start at all. Well, like maybe I maybe I could have. I don't know. But the first trimester was so rough. It was 
awful. You're just sick all the time, no energy. Mm. Um, and it was something that really surprised me because, you know, like I've never experienced pregnancy before. And I know, you know, from what you see with other pregnant women, you, you think, oh God, at the end, they're heavy. They've got all their symptoms. They've, you know, all this, they've got all the struggles then. But mm. at the start, you think, oh, they're normal. They're the same shape. Um they have a bit of morning sickness and on TV they like, you know, vomit into the toilet and they pop off to work. I don't know. <laughs> that that is not realistic. Well, maybe for some women, I don't know. But for me, you I was so drained. It was like um being really, really badly jet lagged every day mm. for three months. And then toppled with the nausea and the the emotional side of it. Um like physically you could do the you could do yoga. Um, like there was no issues like lying on your back or moving or nothing is sore yet or, or anything um, but just energy wise and nausea wise like you, you don't want to be going upside down when you you feel like you're <laughs> <laughs> you feel like you're going to throw up so at the start I didn't plus um, a lot of uh, yoga teachers recommend not to do any yoga for the first while mm-hmm. um, I think it's 16 weeks or something um, the second trimester was so good. It was like one day I woke up and I felt like I had a Red Bull. It was like I've gone from serious, not a serious uh, jet lag feeling uh, forever to, oh, my God, I, I have so much energy. I want to clean the whole house and um, I'll go hop in the shower and I'm, I'm going to do yoga and go to the gym and go swimming and do so much in the one day. But uh, anyway, uh, second trimester yoga was great. Um, and it's still great in the third trimester. It's really, really, really beneficial to do. Um, I noticed such a huge difference in my body if I didn't do yoga. Um, after like four or five days, my hips would start to ache if I hadn't done anything, or my lower back felt stiff, or um, I felt emotional from not. I d- I don't know if I. If like you're emotional a lot when you're pregnant, <laughs> but um, if I did yoga regularly, I felt like a bit more stable <laughs> all around. Mm-hmm. Um, but yoga uh, is a bit of a challenge. It's okay now, but it was a bit of a challenge to get used to because um, I'm somebody who do who did yoga quite regularly before um for for a good while and. To go from being able to do a lot to restricting certain things is mentally, like it's hard for your ego, <laughs> basically, mm. to like to be able to do back bends and uh, twists and lie on your back and hold things, you know, for a long time. And then suddenly everything is heavier, your joints are looser, you're not supposed to go as deep it's actually mentally a struggle to rein it in, mm. you know, instead of like, I'm going to push myself to do better, which is really not what yoga is about anyway, I suppose. But um, like you, you want to do better in yoga, I suppose. But it, the main thing is supposed to be listening to your body, mm-hmm. moving and meditating, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think there's an element of understanding like if every time you go onto the mat and you're thinking I'm going to take it easy on myself um, that I don't think that's a good mentality because 
Uh, but obviously it depends on your situation. It, I think it's more important to think about what not to to push yourself in an intelligent way. Because what I realized about my yoga practice from being pregnant is that I actually um, care so much about progression and how well I can do and what the poses look like, you know, because mm. suddenly, like, even though we we're during, it was during COVID, so all the yoga that I've done is at home. Nobody's looking at me or anything, but just um, for myself, I'm lo- I'm I know this doesn't look right. You know, if I Googled a triangle pose, this mm. isn't what a triangle pose looks like ideally, or this isn't what warrior two looks like ideally, mm. or I can't stretch this way. And I used to be able to hold this and it, it kind of gave me a bit of like, um, like, I don't know, it kind of just showed me that, um, I, I like how much I actually cared about that before. And now because I can't do that, um, my focus has changed more about what it feels like, which is what it should be yeah, anyway. I agree. Um, so, but it's so good doing yoga in pregnancy. But you were saying downstairs, um, that you find it hard now to concentrate when you're doing yoga. Yeah. Um, that's just like in the last week or two, I think I have, um, a bit of anxiety, you know, you're saying about labor and stuff like this. Mm. I think there's like anxiety deep down about labor and also n- about um having a baby like <laughs> <laughs> like uh okay like the labor is one thing but then suddenly they're like oh there you go and you're you're like oh my god what do i do with this <laughs> yeah. Yeah. how do i mind this this baby yeah. you know it's a lot to, it's a, a huge change um and i guess everyday life you're on your phone or you're talking to someone or you're doing this you're doing that you're not like sitting in a meditation or you're not like sitting in a pose uh, holding a pose and everything like mentally is uh, flat all all you're doing is breathing and feeling and suddenly emotions bubble up so I'm feeling like all these anxieties are coming up I'm um when I'm doing yoga the last little while I'm like I'm struggling to finish like today I did yoga and um like I did like 15 minutes instead of the half an hour because I was like I can't sit here I'm so agitated mm. I have to go clean something mm. um, but I think it's just like I'm giving myself the space to um, feel instead mm. of numbing with life <laughs> so that I think that's a bit of a challenge to kind of um, you know sit with your anxieties about the future Mm. Even though uh, I feel very positive, I'm delighted that I'm, I'm, we're going to have this baby. It's just a, it's a huge change, you know. Mm. How do you feel about uh, <laughs> having the baby? I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, life can be very empty. And life can be really dull. You can sometimes think like, what's the point? I'm going to die eventually, you know, I don't, I don't, (laughs) (laughs) which which is, you know, the the fortunate truth. And, uh, and sometimes when you're as well working, you're like, what am I doing this for? But, you know, now it's, it's like, 
without being too cheesy but obviously i you know i love you a lot and and um i'm very lucky that to met someone like you because it's uh it doesn't happen that often in life where you know we get on so well really do and it's i think it's progressed so quickly because we uh, you know you're we just have a good understanding of each other and and also as well we don't think we expect too much from each other you know, I, I have said before that I want to kind of uh, be a provider and all that kind of stuff, blah, 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 and that's fine. But what you don't realize is you might break your ribs one day or you might, you know, be in an accident and you can't do your phys a physical job or your job at all. You may experience a recession or a pandemic. You may have, um, you may get fired from your job. You may have something else happen to you that's out of your control. And therefore, uh, you can't then be that provider or that person that you thought you could be. So then if you define yourself that way, you, it's going to be miserable. I said, you know, said before, you know, like, I can understand why some, a man would kill himself if he couldn't support his family. And, you know, if he, he, and that's how he defines himself. I know, like, I, I've been to Japan a few times. In Japan, it's almost like the samurai code that if you... Uh, to, a samurai traditionally would like kill themselves by inserting the sword in the stomach and it'd be like an honorable thing to say like I'm no good anymore I can't do my job therefore it's best I'm not here this is why suicide is so high in places like Korea and Japan it's kind of accepted as being honorable and uh, but what I really what I've come to realize is that you don't you don't see that as that important uh, you know you don't see that that you don't value me based on what I can provide. <laughs> <laughs> you, that's what you said yesterday, hey, all right? You broke your ribs, so your value's gone like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's way down. But, uh, <laughs> well, I'm stuck with you now, I guess. Yeah, but but I, I would say we both have quite <laughs> a stoic attitude or philosophy towards life. That being that you could take everything away from us. We could be living in, the, in a tent. Uh, you know, we could have the basic amenities, eating rice and beans. And we'd still be happy because we respect each other a lot and we, we value each other and don't expect too much. And also we don't really compare, I would say. You, sometimes you'll have, it's a bit like a parent saying to a child, like, why can't you be more like this kid? Sometimes you'll hear couples say like, oh, so-and-so, their boyfriend does this for them or so-and-so's girlfriend does this or whatever. And that's terrible. That's a really toxic way to have a relationship. Mm. And we just get on so well. So I'm very happy that we're together in that respect and then having the baby uh and becoming a dad uh it feels like a natural progression for me i mean i am 38 years old i'm almost 39 in a couple of months no sorry in in february this is a while away uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're always adding on to your age <laughs> yeah. but uh i i feel like now i've done i've done loads i've had a yeah, good run of it <laughs> no no but no, i've had a good a good life whatever and it's gone, it's gone very uh oh, what? it's gone down is it depressing <laughs> am i getting depressing sorry sorry I, I'm yeah. it. but I, i'm looking forward to like even you know we listened to the disney soundtrack yesterday and like watching uh disney movies with her and just seeing someone develop and and mm. and i i, I mean i want to have like three if i could afford it four kids even that so i'm i'm really excited about it and th the fact that i'm going to be losing sleep 
I don't really care too much. I mean, you don't sleep well anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that's just a dog, you know. But but um, yeah. I um, yeah. So so having having a kid and like people, it's a bit like the pregnancy thing. People say, you know, I go, oh, would you have a baby? They go, oh, well, get your sleep while you can now. Very rarely do people actually go, oh, it's great being a parent. It's mostly like maybe it's just a, a jest, but they'll say, yeah. oh, you know. Enjoy it. Enjoy your single or, you know, being free while you can and stuff. Mm. It's weird to me that people would say that to you, but maybe it's a bit awkward if someone goes, it's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you you're could. like, that's not real. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I want to hear the bad stuff. Um, but so, also, mm. not, Sorry, just, was, not yeah. just with the child, the whole thing, people are uh, uh, very negative. Like, they mean it in the best way, though, I think. It's, a, it's unusual because when people find out that I'm pregnant or they could see that I'm pregnant, straight away they're like, oh, how are you feeling? You know, are you sore? Mm. Is your back sore? Are your legs sore? I remember I had like such and such diabetes or something. Um, I Like, you know, you can develop uh, like cramps and tingling ha- hands and headaches and, you, you know, be careful with your blood pressure and, you know, all, like... Mi- like non-stop it's just like all negative and then th- and then they finish off with like and then there's labor mm. <laughs> and then you have a baby and you'll never sleep again and you can't sleep at the end and you must be hot and you must be this but I, I, they obviously mean it in a like i i hope you're okay yeah. you know like because uh, it's a huge struggle but actually and it probably is for a lot of people i don't know different women have different experiences but um i've i've had a really great pregnancy like the start was hard your body's physically getting used to it and emotionally and you're mentally getting used to it because you're gonna lose control a little bit when you're pregnant like um one day you'll have loads of energy one day you'll feel sick one day you'll uh, feel tired one day you'll want to do whatever you know Mm -hmm. one day you're crying because your slippers don't fit or something (laughs) 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 ridiculous but um it's hard to kind of get used to the the shift you know because you live your life and you have so much control you can change the temperature in the room if you're too hot you can uh, eat something if you're hungry you can manage how much activity you do in your day Mm -hmm. a lot of people can like choose what profession they want to do or if they want to change that and but with pregnancy you don't have as much control. Like you're not the only person in your body, so they <laughs> they're making some of the rules, and you're making some of the rules, and you kind of have to compromise a bit. Mm. So that's hard to get used to for a while. Well, I found, but um, like um, in terms of the pregnancy, like I felt fine. Like uh, I have no issues, no aches or pains, or I'm sleeping fine and. Even at the end, a lot of people say the third trimester is the worst because you're heavier and you're uh, tired and um, you have a lot of anxiety and, and stuff at the end. But um, overall, I think it's been a really great experience. I feel really, like, womanly. <laughs> <laughs> but, you, but, but I think, in fairness to you, you have been putting the work in, as it were. You've been very active. I mean, you've been very... Um, very conscious and i think actually you've done you've done so much research i'm sitting just observing from sidelines here you always every day 
you know, taking time to research everything and, and do the Hitler birthing course. But I think it hasn't all been a walk in the park. Like I have found that the forums that you've been reading and stuff have sometimes kind of negatively, negatively affected you. Um, so because it seems on these forums that the ju level of judgment is huge. Like someone will say something like, oh, I'm not going to breastfeed my child because I can't X, Y, Z reason. And then it's people, it's that whole internet thing of like, we'll jump on and there's their, their moment to be self-righteous and to judge. Yeah. Uh, and I've seen you, and I've done it I recently on my phone as well, where you get caught up in like looking at what other people have to say about something that you can't do or that you're, yeah. you don't feel good about. And then you just end up down a, a wormhole. Oh yeah, that has happened a lot. And it happens with pregnancy a lot because people have so many opinions. Like um, somebody would say something like, I'm gonna get an epidural. And someone would, would go, oh my God, you're gonna get an epidural. That's not natural. You need to watch this video or mm -hmm. uh, read this article or I'm not going to get vaccinated or I am going to get vaccinated. It's just like everything is a debate. It's like, oh. mm. But it's, it's hard not to, especially because of uh, COVID. Like we're at home. I, like I'm not working because um, you, you, like I'm a massage therapist, so you can't socially distance. So since March, I've been off. They're starting to bring it back in now, but I'm at maternity leave mm. time. So um, I'm off work for a good while. But uh, um, when you're off work and you're at home and you, have, uh, you haven't got too much of a routine, you're like, oh, I'm just going to go research and read and read because obviously I'm very excited about being pregnant and mm -hmm. going to become a mom. So I want to learn as much as I can. And mm -hmm. then you get swept up and it's almost like... Um, Carnation Street or something or <laughs> you know like or even Facebook you know sometimes you yeah, I have like Ireland AM on Facebook and they they put up something really controversial and then there's like a million questions a million answers like mm -hmm. everybody fighting with each other and you just can't you can't look away you're like mm -hmm. oh it's so juicy I know exactly <laughs> but this one relates to me so I'm like oh it's so juicy and also like is she right yeah <laughs> well even the latest thing that, like that you're worried about you were uh, had read a horror story of someone had experienced it and it was one story but yet then you were like oh that's going to be me now if that happens to me but you don't read all the when something good happens no one writes about it yeah it's not juicy and and then you i think your instinct is because you're going to feel so vulnerable in that situation that when someone offers an intervention you'll feel like you need to take it otherwise and obviously the doctors want to do what's best for you and the baby um but there is an element of you are a patient it's not a massive deal for them whereas you it's a once in a lifetime thing and yeah. and that my i feel like my part of my responsibility with you is going to be if you don't want to do something i'm backing you up and be like no she means it and even if like you know um the, uh, you start to feel social pressure i need to be there to say like no this is what she wants and yeah. kind of just to give you a bit of otherwise it's everyone against you now that's that's worst case scenario <laughs> yeah. but that's worst case scenario yeah um do you know what actually rich before i forget i want to give a few shout outs to people because that that'd be really good just just because on my mind okay. um so, you know we went into the hospital what how many weeks you went into the hospital that time you stayed overnight 25 25 so we had a would you say a scare 25 weeks mm. 
and uh, I won't give second names because I'm conscious of like you know uh, confidentiality. But just want to give a shout out to Ali, my friend Ali, uh, OBGYN at the hospital in uh, in Hollis Street, and uh, it makes such a difference when you go in somewhere and you're feeling vulnerable to see a friendly face to see someone you know mm. and she she really looked after you didn't she yeah like, she was amazing she was amazing uh, so thank you ali also want to give a shout out to to mave uh from last from when i was in the hospital this week uh, again mave is um, a nurse at um at Connolly, and i was in a and e and she gave me she made me feel comfortable anything yeah. from like a little bit of painkillers to maybe egg sandwiches and stuff like that and that makes you feel like again uh the, the, <laughs> so so that that was made a huge difference for me because i was shitting myself yeah because when, hosp- when, <laughs> when you're in the hospital it's scary yeah things and are beeping around you you're like what what fluid is coming out of that person and easy <laughs> well i'm sorry oh. maybe should be, well, i was in the when i was in the hospital i was in i didn't know i was in the pre-labor ward mm. um i didn't know that's where they put me and i was like what's that noise over there and why is that person moaning i was like oh my god <laughs> but they were all just about to go into labor um but it was so comforting for uh, to meet Ali and Ellie. and she's explaining where I am, what's going on, yeah, and um, what's going to happen, and you know just because you're scared, like and the the hospital staff are great, um, mm-hmm. but they're so busy. Yeah, so to see a familiar face, it just it makes it more personal. And one more shout out, Rach, to Fran, Fran, um, who I won't say which gym, but works in a gym, uh, and me and Rach are in there and we we're pumping some iron. And uh, yeah, Fran, he's, this is a podcast, and he gave us a uh, a very nice. Uh, well, I don't, I don't know how I can say, but like he gave us a good offer for the gym, which was very kind of him. So mm. uh, that's just three shouts, and you know, those three three people of all people I met in yoga, mm. it just shows you that like uh, sometimes you build these connections, you meet people. I think I don't even think I've ever met Fran before. Actually, I think this is a podcast, but uh, I might I met him in passing, like you know. Um, but it just shows you that like the the community in Ireland in Dublin mm. is like can be really nice and strong. Um, so that's just three shouts. Sorry, <laughs> I wanted to say that because I didn't I didn't want to forget. forget. I think it's, yeah. I think it's really important. Um, it's amazing how that can like make life so much better when people you know, offer you a bit of kindness. But um, and it actually does draw uh, loads of people together because so many times we've been out and. And someone has said, oh, I listen to your podcast. You're Kevin. And mm. uh, they're real friendly. And you meet an, a new person. And mm-hmm. it's, it's nice to actually. It makes a big difference. It, yeah, it really does. And also, like, you know, you get messages and stuff. And and, uh, and you've been getting lo- loads of messages. For, it's funny. I was going to say to you, are you going to miss being pregnant? Because it's like now you're getting all this attention. <laughs> I know. I know <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's going to care about you later. <laughs> <laughs> you're just a mum now. Get on with it. <laughs> Yeah, I actually am. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's maybe part of that ego thing that I was talking about earlier where I'm like, I want to be perfectly in the pose for myself so everything looks right. And now I'm like, yeah, I'm going to miss the attention. So I'm kind of like having a bit of an ego check <laughs> yeah, yeah. lately. Um, but everybody is so nice to you when you're pregnant. Like, to the max. Like, well, like I say, like I haven't had many symptoms or anything or things to worry about i've had like anxiety about stuff happening like what if this happens what if that happens from reading online things or i have emotional days Hmm. um but i think like i have the i had those pre-pregnancy anyway so it doesn't feel 
as um, extreme. Mm. Like I, I, I've had like days where I'm crying over there's no milk left and stuff like that. Mm. Um, but uh, people are so nice when mm. you're pregnant. How are you? Uh, how are you feeling? Are you okay? You sit on that chair. No, you take that cushion. Mm. You know, like uh, constantly. Yeah. And they're al- always checking in. And my family have been so nice. Like you sit on that chair, they're rubbing my back, and you know all this type of thing. I find that really, really moving when I see like it just the humanity in that that people mm. don't know you and yet they're offering you their chair and stuff. You know. Yeah, of course. And even people like I'm walking Alfie, and strangers on the street are like, "Congratulations, yeah. well done." And I'm like, "Well done." I'm just walking around the block. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, the compassion level, um, is huge. When yeah. you're pregnant, like, and I've never experienced anything like this before, mm. where people care so much, or you don't like. I'm f- constantly getting messages of, "Hope you're feeling okay," or, "How big is the baby now?" Or so so much interest in like, um, have you had your hospital? Appo- have you had a hospital appointment? Have you had your scan? Do you mm-hmm. kn- do you know what you're gonna do? Do you need anything? Like, so like asking if I need need shopping bought and when you were in the hospital oh my god the amount of people that said i'll walk alfie i'll go do your shopping mm. it's you know to make sure that you guys are okay and it's so nice if you if you knew what you um, if there was like advice that you could give to yourself before you got pregnant what would it be i think to relax a bit um so I had a lot of uh, anxiety at the start. I feel quite relaxed now. But um, the first half of the pregnancy, I was like, what was that movement? What mm. was... Uh, and then I- if I didn't have a movement, wh- why am I not having that movement? <laughs> yeah. Or what is that sensation? Is this is this safe? Is this healthy? Uh, like, I know it's normal to worry and wonder and, you know, everything is new. But I was constantly like, especially at the start... Um, oh, you're not supposed to have a bath that's too hot. Oh, my God, I had a bath yesterday. What does that mean? <laughs> and, um, oh, no, you shouldn't have... I read Someone told me you shouldn't have herbal tea, certain herbal teas, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm just going to, like, drink water only now. And the guilt that you... Like, you just feel... I felt so guilty. Like, the first trimester, I couldn't eat loads of things, and I was eating really badly, like, eating chips and, just, like, whatever. We went off the rails a little bit, didn't we? <laughs> No, but I mean, inter- at the start when I... I was just doing this to support you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And I had like food cravings and aversions and I was like, oh my God, the child is going to grow up obese because uh, all I can eat is chips and it's n- I'm never going to see the end of this. Mm. They're going to be nutrient deficient and everything. And like, you know, I... I you kind of uh, like at the start I've so I had so many of these worries and then eventually I got to a point where I was like you know you have to live <laughs> and people have been doing this mm. throughout all of human co- time and people have survived and they're fine you know if you have a bath you know it's going to be okay um if you uh if you eat a chocolate bar you're going to be okay mm. so I think I would tell myself to relax a bit and not feel so guilty and not put so much pressure on myself. Well, it's funny you said about guilt because I remember you saying to me that you feel a responsibility. You're like, when you're this pregnant woman, everyone's giving all this attention, which is great, 
but then it's almost like if something happens you're not just you affected but you're affecting an un, your unborn baby yeah. so there's this pressure and i never when you said this to me i was like shit i never thought about that like you you you're suddenly have all this responsibility yeah and and a lot of it you can't do anything about it you don't know what's gonna gonna happen yeah um and that's that's just something i never really considered you know um because when i went for that big scan the 20 week scan i was mm. like apologizing to you before we even went in the day before i was like i'm so sorry if something goes wrong i know yeah i was like feeling guilty and nothing was nothing was, even, nothing was wrong and, no, and nothing had even been happened nothing had happened yet but just the fear that if something went wrong it would be my fault because it's my body mm. and it's my lifestyle and and it affects you you know and me and the baby and mm -hmm. um, so i was like oh, straight away i felt this huge weight on my shoulders mm. of like i need to really look after myself and this baby and even though a lot of, like you say a lot of it is out of your control i mean I it, it may turn out that this time three months we're talking again and we weren't you know, breastfeeding didn't happen or whatever and i, th I think like one thing is to try your best but then to not feel guilty or to judge other people because yeah. they couldn't we, we, we couldn't do it you know i mean i have all these i have all these <laughs> scenarios i run by in my head that when when i have a conversation with eve i'll be like you know for example if, if someone <laughs> if someone does something bad and he's like oh daddy he did this instead of me going well he's a terrible person i'll be able to say well now eve we don't know what happened in his life and he made that choice and what can we learn from that? That's what I'm thinking in my head I'm going to do. But yeah. what, like we were saying the other day how um, when I was growing up, uh, my my dad was a bit wild, you know, and uh, my dad would, you know, I got into a bit of trouble when I was a teenager. It wasn't my fault. You know, I got mugged at knife point, which happened a few times. But uh, I, I don't know how much I should say on this, but like my dad was, I probably shouldn't say that much actually. But my dad was a bit of a bad boy when he was younger bad boy <laughs> but, <laughs> but he was so my dad basically uh went to like seek revenge essentially and uh yeah i'm not actually going to say too much he, about but that. he didn't actually do anything because he couldn't find the people. couldn't find the geese yeah but my point is like i kind of like that in a way like i like that tribal instinct like no nah, you ain't gonna mess with my family because i'll sort you out basically I'm not, I'm not having it <laughs> and i i like that tribal instinct like nah you know you don't do that yeah but the reality is <laughs> you get arrested so <laughs> so um so my, my, i'm thinking like it, what you're telling me that when you were young um someone stole your skipping rope whatever and I, and I won't talk too much about that what happened but my dad was the same it's like he where are they where that were are they yeah, to yeah. Sort, you know not to sort them out but like to confront the parents and be like let's have yeah, it out yeah. Well, and I, oh, well, yeah, yeah, but you know, but it's weird. You think like you have all these things about I'm going to be this kind of parent, but I don't know until it happens, yeah. you know. I want to think, I'd like to think I'm really compassionate and go, well, Eve, you know, uh, maybe they needed the skipping rate more than you needed the skipping rate, whatever. Or I might be like, right, I'm going down there, Where are they? yeah, you know, I'm hoping that I'll, I'll be the, the former, and uh, but. Phew, but yeah. it's like, uh, we'll oh, oh, I don't know if I was watching it with you, but uh, what's that guy's name? He's so funny. Uh, the, what a comedian guy. Michael McIntyre. Yeah. Um, he did a thing. He did a sketch about like um, what people think life, what you should be doing with kids and then 
what the reality is when you have kids. You know, when you don't have kids, you're like, oh, well, should that parent be doing that with <laughs> that child? <laughs> or uh, if I had kids, I wouldn't be letting them run around like that. Or yeah. if I had kids, I... And then when you're a parent, you're like, you know, they did all the backstory of like, I haven't slept in six weeks. <laughs> and exactly, uh, yeah. and uh, <laughs> what do you call it? We, I've already given the, bu- the child a bath twice because they've ran in muck and, you know vomited on themselves yeah. and I've tried to give them their broccoli for two hours and they've thrown it in my face and yeah. you know I've got nothing done today mm-hmm. and now um we're in a restaurant and you know what fine just have the chicken nuggets and go on your, your tablet <laughs> and go on your tablet <laughs> and then all the other people who don't have kids are around in the restaurant like oh my god they're feeding yeah. their child chicken nuggets yeah exactly <laughs> yeah it's like Louis C.K. said if you don't have kids uh, you'll see a woman and you'd be like, oh, look at that woman, like, being horrible to her kid. And when you do have kids, you're like, what did that shitty kid do to that poor woman? <laughs> yeah, because yeah, so many people judge, and especially when you don't have kids, that you're like, you fall, into, it, yeah. you've to fall into this trap of like, oh, that child is throwing a tantrum. They're really badly behaved. Like, mm-hmm. they're obviously not, you know, um, disciplined at home and all this type of stuff. Um, I would never allow that to happen. And like the reality is like the kids are kids, like they're their own person. Mm. You can't completely control them and mold them into what you want. Mm. Some will turn out one way, some will turn out the other. Mm. And um, you need to do your best with that. Like, yeah. Yeah, I've done that before. I've seen like kids throwing attention. Like that parent has got no, you know, <laughs> has, doesn't know how to manage their child. But um, but I, I, so you find yourself sometimes you do, you do make uh, an assumption or a judgment. But uh, yeah, we're going to be <laughs> I mean, we're, we're the ones that are being judged pretty soon. We're going to be like putting our foot in our mouth in the next podcast. We're like, oh, you're going to breastfeed. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. It's going to be great. Yeah. I can't wait to have these conversations. And then at the end of the year, we're like, uh, like I remember I had a sleep in September. I know, exactly. <laughs> it's the last time I remember. Yeah. All right, sweet. Listen, um, it's, it's an hour now. So um, okay. we'll wrap up. Any any final thoughts? Uh, in the spot. Yeah, I, I feel on the spot now. I don't know. No? <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm I'm excited. It's a really exciting time. Yeah. So, thirty-seven weeks between thirty-seven and forty-two. She can come anytime. Woohoo! Awesome. So, so um, next time we talk to you, <laughs> <laughs> we I say we. Like I'm. This is my podcast. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, all right, cool. I'll do a little si- sign off. So thank you, darling. That's brilliant. Um, thank you so much for listening or for watching. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Um, if you'd like to sign up for my platform, you can do that as you know, kevinboyyoga.ie forward slash membership and teach uh, workshops and retreats and stuff. Maybe retreats next year. We'll see how that goes. But everything is on Kevin Boy Yoga. Um, thank you as always. Really appreciate your time and I'll catch up with you next week.